Hello and welcome to the Fight Back Podcast. My name's Georgia Berry. I'm an exercise scientist, kickboxer, and the founder of the Fight Back Project. I started the Fight Back Podcast to inspire and empower women to try martial arts. This week, as I'm recording this episode, it is Monday in Victoria, in Australia, and gyms go back today. So it's very exciting for everyone in the martial arts community to be reunited with their training partners and get back into some at least socially distanced, but some training face to face. It's a very exciting time. Uh, as always, this podcast is going to come at you in different formats. So today I'm just going to be speaking about a topic. I'm going to be talking about why is it that martial arts seem to improve mental health even more than exercise alone. But sometimes I will have guests on for interviews. So I'll either have on experts talking about areas to do with martial arts and mental health, or I'll have on really, really inspiring women who have overcome mental health issues through martial arts. So we've got some of those coming up to look forward to. But today, as I said, I wanted to ask the question, why would martial arts be better for your mental health than pure exercise? So from a physiological level, as in what's happening inside of your body, we know that exercise affects the brain directly. So There are a number of mechanisms for this, things that cause this, you know, hormones um, being like a key one, brain signaling, neurotransmitters, um, you know, changes in blood flow. There are a whole host of reasons that exercise changes your body and your brain physically and that that then improves your mental health. So, for instance, if we take one uh, condition – for mental health. So for example, let's look at schizophrenia. In systematic reviews, so I'll chuck one in the show notes if you want to fact check me, but 90 minutes of moderate to vigorous, so up on the upper end of intensity, exercise per week significantly reduces psychiatric symptoms in people with schizophrenia and improves functioning comorbid disorders and neurocognition. If we then look at exercise versus mental health, sorry, exercise versus martial arts for the mental health of people with schizophrenia, this hasn't been widely researched, but there's a study that I think points really nicely to what some of the mechanisms might be. But essentially the takeaway is that On top of that, you get additional benefits from doing martial arts. So I say that again, martial arts is a moderate to vigorous intensity exercise. So it's not just the fact that you're doing exercise and the exercise is changing your physiology and that's improving your mental health. There are other reasons why martial arts would improve your mental health. So I think it's, you know, it's interesting to bring it up now because everyone's so excited to go back to training, right? And it kind of made me think a bit, you know, why is that? And on the surface, it's, this is, you know, seems pretty obvious, right? I mean, because we've been able to exercise through the whole pandemic, right? We can run, we can ride bikes, etc. you know, but 
I don't know about you guys, but I hate running. Like, I just get so bored. And so one of the key reasons, and I think for a lot of people why they're excited to go back, is it's just a much more fun form of exercise. Um, But if we dig deeper into that and we ask, well, why else might martial arts be so good for mental health, particularly in improving mental health in persons that have disordered mental health, then, you know, what might be the mechanisms there? So there is a study titled Qualitative Assessment of Verbal and Nonverbal Psychosocial Interventions for People with Severe Mental Illness. That sounds kind of like a mouthful. Qualitative means they asked people about what happened to them. So instead of measuring something that's quantitative, like how many kilos did you lose of weight, they would ask people, oh, how do you feel? And people might say something like, well, I feel like, you know, I have more energy. So that's the difference between quantitative and qualitative. So this is a qualitative uh, study. And verbal and nonverbal, so they looked at exercise interventions and uh, being nonverbal, and then they looked at talk group therapy. So in this study, there was 145 people with one or more of schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, affective disorder, or severe personality disorders. And they either did what was called a psychoeducational recovery-oriented verbal intervention, which is just a really fancy way of saying group therapy. Um, they Another group trained in karate, and then another group did aerobic exercise. So aerobic exercise is like running or cycling or it's anything where you're puffing a little bit. So the education group did group goal setting based on rehabilitation rather than cure. So they focused on things like increasing the knowledge and control over their mental illness, managing life stresses, dealing with the stigma of mental illness, enhancing personal meaning, enhancing personal support, um, and setting personal goals. In the karate group, they did kata. So kata is, in karate, like a routine where you learn karate movements and put them all together. They did moving basics, so learning combinations and doing like a form of shadow boxing. And they also did kumite, which means uh, fighting. So they did some physical sparring as well. In the exercise group, they exercised in a group. So it was group exercise, but the emphasis was on personal performance. They did stretching and movement plus some aerobic exercise. So it seems that it was of a moderate intensity. And I think they tried to match the intensity between that group and the karate group because the exercise group was the control. So the group that they were using to see if it was the exercise that improved conditions in the people with uh, schizophrenia and similar disorders or if it was the fact of doing martial arts. So they looked at four broad topics of what what kind of things people spoke about. So in this sort of a study, in a qualitative study, they interview everybody afterwards and say, like, how did you get better? And then they can largely group the responses into, well, in this study they used four groups. So the first group was social. So how whether people said that doing the <clears> – <throat> sorry, it's not corona, I promise – Uh, Doing the intervention 
helped with, you know, playing with other people, being together, helping each other out, learning to be good friends, anything that they mentioned that was to do with improving social connections. So this was the area that people mentioned the least, actually. Um, We can't really comment how much mental illness has an effect on this and, you know, whether other people might have found that being in groups did improve their social connections more. Um, But nevertheless, there was still an improvement, just not as big as in the other three areas. But the, the best or the most cited for improving social was karate and then was exercise, and then was the group therapy. So in the intervention, karate was the best at improving social connections. Then the the amount of times people mentioned improving their physical fitness. Actually, karate improved physical fitness in this intervention by a landslide, like significantly better Um then exercise, obviously, and you wouldn't believe it, but group therapy didn't improve uh, physical fitness because sitting around talking about your feelings doesn't make you fitter. Shocking, but anyway, true. The third area that came up was cognition. So this is things like participants reporting improved learning, improved interest, that they were stimulated, you know, that they learn new information, they improve their memory and concentration. And again, karate was the best at this significantly, like by a lot. The second best was group therapy. And then last was exercise for improving cognition. And then the last area was emotional. So this is things like improving self-confidence, self-esteem, moods, or sense of accomplishment. Um, And this area was actually pretty even. So all three interventions improve this fairly equally. One other thing that the authors pulled out as being mentioned quite frequently uh, by 45% of the participants in the karate group was that they had reported a change in perceived control. So they had more confidence and a sense of control of your body. You know, you learn to use the power the way you want to. So, These were people who maybe, you know, didn't think their bodies knew how to do these kind of movements of punching and kicking. And so they had a significant improvement in their self-efficacy and their confidence in themselves. No one in the other groups reported any kind of change in an area like this. So if we zoom out and think, okay, clearly karate was the best intervention here, it seems that when you do a martial art, you know, you're problem solving all the time. You know, you're doing a sport, you're having to figure out, you know, how does my body move this way? You're having to hear somebody call out a combination and then repeat that within your body. You know, similarly, you do jujitsu, you see the instructor demonstrate a technique, then you have to remember it, go and do it with your partner. You have to apply that to how your body's going to be able to perform the technique, you know, based on your limb length, size, etc. In, you know, kickboxing, we're giving you a combination. You've got to remember the combination and then repeat it back. So the cognitive strain during martial arts is much higher than in aerobic exercise, right? You're running, you're thinking about nothing. That's kind of the worst thing about running. There's nothing to think about. But your 
constantly having to think about what you're doing when you do martial arts. So your brain gets better. It's just, it's a muscle. So you're using your brain, so your brain gets better, and then it has an improved ability to process things, and that improves your mental health. Well, at least that's what I take away from this. You know, we think about um, the social element to it as well, like running or even even group exercise, like a group body pump class or something like that. You're not you're with other people, but you're not interacting with other people. And I think that's one of the big things everyone's so stoked to go back to, right? Is like I miss all my friends. Like I miss training with people. Even you know, even the online version of it's like it's quite good too. You know that that that's really what kept everyone going through. You know, you didn't see everyone you know, doing online running and then that's keeping them connected, you know. They're on Strava, you know, looking at each other's runs and trying to beat each other maybe, but it's just nowhere near the level of social connection that you're getting with martial arts. Um, And then that self-efficacy thing, like, yeah, it feels good if you set a goal for running, you know, you want to run couch to 5k and then you run that 5k it's kind of like yes like I did it but the sense of self-efficacy when you learn techniques and you really challenge your comfort zone uh, and you turn yourself into somebody who looks at something that they're scared of doing and then does it repeatedly you know I'm not the best at that but I try to do it often and I think there's a lot to be said for doing things like that, for, you know, looking at rolling in jiu-jitsu and being like, I could never do that. And then you do it and you're just like, wow, just like even walking into a martial arts gym is like super scary. And so you do that and then you do the class and it's just like, yeah, like, okay, yeah, I realized that like I'm actually kind of a badass. That's what the feeling is like. So I think it makes so much sense that martial arts are better than just aerobic exercise. And don't forget, like, all of the benefits you get from aerobic exercise, from running and stuff, you still get that from martial arts because you're also physically exerting yourself the whole time. So it's like it's like exercise on steroids for mental health, honestly. So if – If you're listening to this and you haven't tried martial arts before and you're like, this is not a good time to start, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, why, like, I'm just going to wait until everything calms down, I would challenge that notion and say, you know, everything is a little bit less intimidating at the moment because of social distancing. You know, you could go to a BJJ class and do solo drilling. You know, you can go to a Muay Thai class and do solo combinations where you don't even have to hold pads for someone. You know, you don't even have to, you don't even have to hit anything. It's, it's kind of like a less intimidating version if, if being intimidated is the reason that's held you back. I think if you're just starting out, like now's a good time, call up your local gym, like get involved. And similarly, online programs are are still running now. Like an online program's a great entry into martial arts. Uh, I'm super excited that in 
in one week. In one week, we're going to be announcing the opening of the Fight Back Project, which is online to begin with. Uh, we will have in person, but it's an online trauma-informed kickboxing program. And one of the reasons I love that it's online is that you have total control. You know, you can switch off the camera whenever you want to. You can, um, you know, you can choose what you wear. You, you know, it doesn't really feel like you're being seen by a group of people as much because, you know, everybody's looking at a computer screen and they can't quite see you that well because you're just a little box. You know, they've probably got the instructors as the main part of the screen and you're just a tiny little square off to the side of anything. So it's a really great environment to start, you know, and if you already do martial arts and you've kind of dropped off, and you're like, oh, I just kind of want to wait until things go back to normal. And then I'm going to go back to training. First of all, your martial arts club needs you. Go back to training. Like, they're not going to be able to open and stay open. And like my club, like shout out to Absolute MMA, have worked so, so hard to keep up with the changes in government restrictions to be able to open this week. And if people don't reinstate their memberships and come back to training you know they're working hard but there's not going to be anyone paying memberships to come in so it's like you know your club's working their ass off to support you I think you should support them back but also like you're still getting social connection you're still getting exercise like yes maybe you can't physically touch people but like if you have the capacity to go to training you should go to training because I'm sure that your mental health has deteriorated during isolation like my heart goes out to the whole world because it's just been such a hard time. There's so much time sitting alone with your negative thoughts. Like now is the time for social connections. Now is the time for self-efficacy. Now is the time to feel good about yourself for being a martial arts badass again. Like start a martial art if you're thinking about it. Just like just do it now. Don't wait for some perfect set of government regulations just just start and same as if you've already been training don't be like oh I'm gonna wait till it goes back fully like go see your friends like ah uh, yeah I just I don't have anything else to say then it just go back go back get excited about it it's gonna be amazing um and yeah on that uh I will be back at training I'll Maybe I'll briefly let you guys know what I'm what I'm doing training wise and what what I'm gonna start working towards if competitions are gonna be who knows when who knows when we'll be able to fight in front of audiences again. But in any case I'll keep you guys posted and I'll keep you posted about the Fight Back project. If anyone is interested in learning more about trauma informed kickboxing for women, um join me at the Fight Back Project on Facebook and at Fight Back Project without the the because some idiot stole it and then never used the Instagram. Um, so it's just at Fight Back Project on Instagram and the Fight Back Project on Facebook. Or if you want to send me an email, it's fightbackproject at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you want to ask me anything about the program, I'm just, I'm super excited to bring it to you guys. I hope you're all super excited to get back into training. Uh, in our next episode, the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be speaking to some psychologists. So we're going to dig into some of the science behind, you know, what it's like to, or trauma recovery and how martial arts fits into that. Um, and we're going to be talking about how we can design trauma-informed martial arts programs and what that looks like and what that means um, and how you can incorporate some of the practices into your own training if you don't have access to a trauma-informed school as well. So I'm super excited for those coming up. But, yeah, go train, uh, and I'll talk to you guys next. Well, this will be coming out on a Wednesday, so I'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. Bye-bye.